Thank you for joining us here at Celebration Church, where we celebrate God, celebrate people, and celebrate life. We hope you enjoy today's message. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I just want to give you just space to move in this place. Lord, I appreciate that we have time constraints, but Lord, I just pray that you would just move here today. Lord, I pray that they would encounter you. Lord, we just ask that our hearts would just be so open to you. Lord, just even my heart, Lord, just so open as I'm preaching. Lord, that I could convey your heart. Lord, that you would give me a grace to preach the message that you've given me. Hearts just so open to you, Lord. We need you. The world's messed up. And we need you. We need you. Come, Holy Spirit. Well, I'm being blessed even if you're not. <laughs> I just uh, firstly want to thank um, Joel and Alex for allowing me the privilege of preaching here and, and certainly Benaya and Charlie and Benaya um, reached out to me and invited me to come along and preach. And I love Benaya and Charlie. I, I love what's on their life. I love, I love the culture that they've established here and they've really built off the the back of their parents and and I love the the toll that that they've or the price that they've paid and they they've still got a sweet spirit and um, I love that about them I love that they they don't follow a mold (laughs) but they're going after the things of God I love that I just want to speak to you about Jesus being everything about him being the prize. You know, growing up as a Christian, you might, you might just go, okay, what, what's, what's Christianity all about? Am I just to live a good, healthy Christian walk? Am, am I just to live a holy life? Is that what it's about? Now that I've made this decision, what do I do? What do I focus my attention on? How do I live? And um, throughout this country, I just see really poor discipleship, but praise God, there's some really healthy discipleship. But when we're discipled in a relationship with Jesus and it being all about Jesus, people flourish. And I want to say to you that, that, we've, that we've got to go after Christ. We've got to go after Christ. He is our goal. He is our prize. You know, in John 17, verse 3, Jesus is praying to the Father and he says this, and this is eternal life, that they may know you, the the one and only, the true God, and that they would know Jesus Christ. He's speaking about himself and that they would know Jesus Christ, the one whom you sent. The goal... The goal as a Christian is not just to live a good moral life. Yes, you will live a good moral life if you have a healthy relationship with God, but it's not about performance. It's not about, you know, doing these things to gain the approval of God. Our whole goal 
is to know God. That is the good news. That is the gospel. Jesus Christ came to die on a cross, not only to take the punishment of your sin, but to remove the dividing wall of hostility, that which separated you from the love of God. That's what he did. He came to reconcile the world to himself. He wants you to know him. And he wants to get to know you. And so when we open up our hearts like we did in worship, and as we praise him and exalt him like that, that's how he begins to get to know us. And as we spend time with him, as we get to know his love, experience his presence, experience him, and we get to know him, all we want to do is get to know him more. I spend hours and hours and hours each day praising God. I'm addicted to it. I'm addicted to his presence. In Matthew 7, 21, some sobering words from Jesus. Don't hear it from me. Hear it from Jesus. Very sobering words. He says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord. These are people who acknowledge him as Lord and Lord. That's what their confession of their faith is. It's like the ten virgins who who confessed, all of them confessed a faith in God. But five of them didn't have the oil, didn't have the Holy Spirit, didn't have the, the evidence of the profession of their faith and And Jesus says, away from me, I never knew you. He says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. And he says, many will say to me in that day. That's sobering, many. And we're not just saying, okay, well, that's for the conservative churches down the road that are not alive No, he's speaking to Pentecostal believers here. (laughs) Have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name and done many wonders in your name? And he says, and then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. We can go through the paces, the the just through the process of just coming to church, just going through the paces of a a Christian life, what we think it should look like, and it's all about having a relationship, an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. He is our prize, and he should be our focus. We focus our attention on getting to know him. When I open up the word of God, it's my prayer on every occasion, God, I want to get to know you more. God, Every time I see, see something in here that my life's not aligned to, I go, God, you've got my yes. God, I, I don't want to live. I want to live a life that brings you honor and glory. God, if this, this, the, the word of God is meant to transform us, if it's not transforming me every day, I, I want to go, why not? God, God, soften my heart. What have I missed? Would you show me? God, God, I want to I press into you more. Yeah. 
I want to say to you, we, we all quote this verse, John 10.10. 10. You probably know it better than I do. The thief comes to steal, kill and destroy, but I have come. This is Jesus speaking to you right now. He says, I have come that you may have life and may have it more abundantly. This abundant life, if you look at the context of that scripture, it's him being your good shepherd. It's him, it's him tending to you in a sheepfold where he comes in and he gets to know you and you get to know him and you recognise his voice. It's in that quiet place and not in the paddock, but in, in intimacy with him and he's, and he's tending to you. He leads them in and out of that place, out of that sheep pen. But unless we're spending time in that sheep pen, how on earth do we hear the voice of our Father? How do we recognise the voice of our Good Shepherd? It's in the context of an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ does the abundant life come. And see, see, just in that relationship with God, we have the fullness of joy. The fruitfulness that you're desiring, desiring, in fact, everything that you want out of life. Young people, look at me right now. Everything that you seek out of life, everything that you desire, everything that the world desires is found in God. Everything. We might, that they might think, I want happiness, I want, I want um, love and I want peace. And they will look for that in a brand new car, a brand new house, a brand new wife, whatever it might look like. But I'm telling you now that the things that we get free just through an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ is way better than you will ever get from anything out of this world. I, I want you to get this. You see, you see the love that the fruits of the Spirit are love and joy and peace and patience and gentleness and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and self-control. The first three, I just want to... Just quickly go over them. These are what everyone desires in life. People want unconditional love. Yeah. Yeah. Right. When they don't find it, they do crazy things. They're looking for fulfillment, something to fill them, and they'll try anything, alcohol, drugs, gambling, whatever you think, to fill that God-shaped hole, that love, that desiring, that, that fulfillment that only God can give you through a re loving relationship with Him. Secondly, the peace of God. Everyone's looking for peace. Oh my goodness, our country is a wreck. The world is a wreck. People with anxiety, depression, bipolar, all these different things. Oh my goodness. People are searching for peace. But the sort of peace that I'm speaking about doesn't happen when, you, when you're meditating and when you're spending time with God. Yes, the peace of God comes then. But I'm, I mean in the midst of chaos. I mean uncircumstantial 
peace. I, I, I mean when everything's falling apart, you've got a peace. I, I, I mean when, when you, my daughter tried to commit suicide three times in the midst of all of that going on. You can have a peace that God has got her. You've got, you can have this peace that God is with you. This, this peace that transcends all understanding. And joy, the joy of the Holy Spirit, you don't realise how good this is. You do not realise. The joy of the Holy Spirit is so incredible. It is what the world is searching for. They're after happiness. The good thing about joy, it's uncircumstantial happiness. This inward contentment, this inward sense of everything's going to be okay, that I've got this, that this overflowing joy in your life, I'm happy and I don't even realise. When I came to Christ, I just didn't get a little bit of the Holy Spirit. He just came and in power and praise God for that because I went from someone who was anxious and fearful and worried and all of that to completely born again, skipping down the road in a suit and a briefcase, singing Christian songs. Now that's the joy of the Lord. Everything that you desire is found in Him. He should be the focus of your attention. And when we understand His goodness, when we experience that, oh my goodness, all I want to do is spend time with God. Man, I tell you what, you'll give up social media. If you get a hold of what I'm preaching today, you'll give up social media because that spare time that you have, oh my goodness, God, I just want to press into you. It's in, it's in those quiet times that God speaks to you. It's in, the, it's in those times where you choose him over, over the world, where, you, where he, you, you just get this yearning, hey, just come away with me. Things will change in your life. I tell you what, I tell you what, you, you, you won't even like that stuff. I've got a lot to cover really quickly, so I'm going to just go through John 15 and 1 John 4, but I'm just going to highlight the, vo- the verses. I'm going to deal with them quickly, and I, and I just want you to get the fruit. God wants you to be incredibly fruitful. He wants you to experience him. He wants you to come to him. He wants you to be the place that you go to for your fulfillment. He wants you to be the prize. He wants to be the prize. The devil has done a really good job to to make this world look so fancy that we go after the things of this world. But if you will understand how amazing God is, You just want to spend all of your time conscious of him, sold out to him, giving everything over to him. Let's let's just read it together. John 15 verse 1. Jesus says, I'm the true vine. He's the vine. We're in that vine. He's speaking about an intimate relationship with him where the two have become one. My life hidden in his and his life hidden in mine. And my father is the vine dresser. He's the one that looks after the vine. And it's his goal that you would be fruitful. And in verse 2, it says, Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may be even more fruitful. You know what he does? You know, 
pain, suffering, those things can be, can be a really good thing for us. As we embrace suffering, as we understand, oh my goodness, I'm going through this difficult time, I'm going to press into God. I, I, I'm going I'm to learn from this, God. It's, it, it's good to worship you when everything's going well, but when things aren't going well, I'm, I'm going to learn to hang on. I'm going to learn to believe even when I don't see it, even, even where there's mysteries. I'm going to continue to believe and continue to push in until I see those things move. And I'm not talking hype here. I'm talking about a relationship with Jesus where, where, you, where your life is just postured that way that I've settled the score that God is good, he's always good, no one else has died for me and, and so I'm going to live for him come what may. I, I'm not going to be a fair weather Christian, I'm going to be an all weather Christian. I'm going I'm to praise him in the good times, I'm going to praise him in the bad times. I'm going to believe when things aren't going right that God is going to work through and even if he doesn't, I'm going to praise him anyway. You can't preach a sermon like that. You can't preach that unless you've been through some suffering, unless you've been through some difficult times, unless God's had the ability to shape your character. If we complain and whinge every time that things go wrong in our life, we're never, ever going to mature. We're never, ever going to see the fruit that God wants in our life. Abide in me. Would you have this intimate relationship with me and I in you? As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Unless you have a healthy relationship with Jesus Christ, I can tell you right now, your life will not be full of the, the fruit of the Spirit. Your life will be full of angst, worry, fear. Your, your, your life will look no different to the people out in the out in the world. If you don't have an intimate relationship with God, the fruit of the Spirit will not be produced in your life. You've got to walk according to the Spirit to produce the spiritual fruit. No walk with God, no, no spiritual fruit. Without Him, you can do nothing. Every day, this is a message for every day. It's not just, okay, anyone had a, 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 like a, a spectacular week and you think, oh my goodness, I couldn't go any... Any grow any closer to God and then the week after is like a train wreck. Anyone relate to that? I tell you, this is a daily thing. We've got to come to Christ daily. It's, it's not just something, okay, I get pumped up on a Sunday, but then Monday to Saturday I'm sort of hanging out. No, every day is a choice for me to draw near to God, to have an intimate relationship with Him. Life, ministry, overcoming sin, living righteously, does not work outside of a relationship with God. Blessed are the pure in heart. I, the, I can see the purity of heart that you have. Many, many young people struggle with sin and, and older people struggle with sin and, and, their, and their concern. The devil just torments them. That really torments them because they've got a pure heart and they want to live for God but they're living in sin. And the devil just gets them into performance mode. He gets them into, hey, you've got to live a certain way and be a certain way. And if you're not that way, you're missing the mark. Everyone else has got it, but you haven't. Anyone relate to that? Anyone want to be honest? I want to say to you, the way 
forward, the way forward is an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. You want to overcome sin in your life? You want to live righteously in your life? It's not about trying harder not to sin. It's about having a deeper and more intimate relationship with, with Jesus Christ where he takes away the desires that you once had. Verse 5, I'm the vine, you're the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. Are you getting the picture? Without, without Christ, without that intimate relationship with him, we can't produce fruit. We're fruitless. By this my Father is glorified that you'll bear much fruit. Who wants to bring glory to God? Abide in Christ. Just spend time with him. This isn't a, a, a pep talk to try and get you to read your Bible. This is about opening up the word of God and going, God, I want to get to know you. Hey, could we go on a journey together? Would you teach me? Would you teach me? You know, would you, would you instruct me in, in, in who I am and who you are? Verse 9, as the Father loves me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. Worship is the great love exchange. If you're not feeling the love of God, spend time worshipping him. Go for an hour drive, just have worship music on. Just spend time, allow the worship just to flood over you. He says, if you keep my commands, you'll abide in my love. And Jesus isn't saying this, Look, if you, if, you, if you do what I say, then, you, then I'm going to love you. Or um, if you love me, then, you, then, you'll, then you'll obey me. He's not saying that. What he's saying is that the, the fruit of a relationship with him is love. And obedience is the, is the fruit of of a healthy relationship with Jesus Christ. We're going to see that time and time again. Obedience is just obedience is just the byproduct, the fruit. And an, have you seen an apple tree straining to produce apples? You don't, do you? It's a natural byproduct. Have a healthy relationship with God, you'll keep his commands. Just as I've kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love, these things I've spoken to you that my joy, the joy of Jesus Christ, may, in you, may be in you and it may be complete. Uncircumstantial happiness, the joy that was in Jesus in you. He, he's saying, I want you to understand, you want to be fruitful, you want to be righteous, you want to be... You know, that the Father might be glorified. You, you want to be fruitful. In, in other words, produce love and joy and peace and all these other things. Just abide in me. I've told you these things. I'm telling you these things. Have a healthy relationship with me. The natural byproduct is fruitfulness. This is my commandment that you have loved one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends if if you do what I command you. He's not saying, if you're truly my friend, you'll do what I'm, what I'm saying. He's not saying that. 
He, again, this is a byproduct. A healthy friendship with God produces obedience. Obedience is the, is the fruit of a healthy relationship with Jesus Christ. You want friendship with God. Oh, I want to be a friend of God. You have friendship with God. The natural byproduct is obedience. It's not striving. John 15, 16. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should bear fruit and that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask uh, the Father in my name, he may give you. Not only, not only do you get all this fruit, but, but at the time, if you would have this intimate relationship with him, your prayer life's going to be effective. Everything, everything, everything should be focused upon our relationship with Jesus Christ. It's not focused upon behavior, doing the right behavior. Oh my goodness, life just works out as I get to know God. I'm just going to rip through 1 John. 1 John 4, 7. Beloved, let us love one another for love is of God and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Oh, did you just get that? Love is a byproduct, is the fruit of someone who knows God, who's born of God and knows God. I tell you what, you spend an hour with God and then go and speak to someone, you're not going to steal from them. They're just going to get your best. They're just going to be embraced. We've got an outreach in Port Kembla and that's all we do. We spend an hour in worship and then we go out on, on the streets for an hour praying for the sick, sharing the gospel and all they get is love and people come into the kingdom of God all the time. It's so simple. It's so simple. Just allow God to love you. Receive his love. And then the natural byproduct of that is, is loving others. He who does not love does not know God. For God is love. The type of love that I'm speaking about that turns the other cheek, goes the extra mile, you know, prays for those who persecute them, loves their enemies, that type of love can only come after you've received the love of God. Verse 12, no one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, if, sorry, no one has, has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love has been perfected in us. Jesus gives one command. In fact, he gives many commands, but he sums them all up in one command. He says, this is my command on one instance. And on another instance, he says, I give you this new command. It's like it's the one and only, which I believe summarizes all the others. He just says, love one another as I have loved you. What about if the Christian faith was as simple as this? I just love the person that is in front of me. I'm created in his image to love people the way that he loves people. If I receive his love, accept his love, then give it out. 
So simple. Intimate relationship with God. God just helps me to love people so well. My desire for other things as I, as I go after him, as I seek him, as he's my reward. My desire for other things goes. Philippians 2.13, Paul says, God is working in you to will and to act according to his good pleasure. In the NLT version, he says, God, God um, gives you the, the desire and the power to live for him. What is, what's he saying? Is that God will not, never override your will. He will never override your will. But if you would give it to him, if you'd give him your life, if you would surrender everything to him, this is what he will do. This is what he will do. He will work in you to take those desires out of you that are unhealthy and put his desire in you. So you live differently. And then when you see James, in James, James uses this reproduction sort of language to describe why people sin. He says, you know, we're tempted and temptation is external to us. It's not internal. You've got to understand it's not internal, it's external. That there is a tempter who tempts us and the devil's not living inside of me. Agreed? So temptation is external. When it comes together with a desire in our heart, the desire in our heart, then it conceives something and gives birth to sin. So what happens is, is once I understand that temptation is external... I can come to God in my, come to the throne room of grace, receive grace and mercy in that time when I'm struggling with temptation, understand, hey, my relationship with God is not the way it should be because I'm being tempted at this moment. So, so God, the devil's trying to hit me when I'm weak. Okay, God, I, I want to come to you. I want to come in and press into you. This is not me being um, evil. It's something evil trying to get into me. Right, And then that desire, if God's worked on that desire, to change that desire in you, to take away the desires, to will and to act according to his good pleasure. That's what he's doing. He's working in you, but you've got to surrender your life to that. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he's given us the spirit. I'm going to finish there. It's the Holy Spirit that lives within us. That is our seal. It lets us know that we're in a healthy relationship with Jesus Christ. If he's abiding in us, then it's obvious. The fruit of the Spirit is obvious and at work in our life. No fruit of the Spirit unhealthy relationship with God finding yourself sinning finding yourself coming under temptation good indication that your relationship isn't what it should be get into a deep relationship with God it's just like a a red flag hey hey things aren't going well here I need to press into God
The gospel is such good news. Christianity isn't just about living a good moral life, getting, getting your prayers answered, living a comfortable life in this world, having God weave the things together so you live good, a good life. It, it's really way better than that. If you've settled for something less, I encourage you to go after Jesus in a relationship with him. The more time you spend with him, the more you know him, the more you desire him, the more you love him, the more you seek him, the more you love him, the more he loves you. Like, like you experience his love, the more that you want to live for him. It's, it's just, it draws you in deeper and deeper and deeper. And he is the prize. And every, every blessing comes through a relationship with him and outside of him you can do nothing if life's not working through it for you if it's hard if it's dry if it's not overflowing in the fruits of the spirit there's a disconnect and it's time to get back into that intimate relationship with Christ if what I've shared with you if what I've shared with you makes sense and you realise, hey, my life is not what it should be. I, I just want you to be totally honest. Totally honest between you and God. And can we come to that point where we just say, you know what? God, I'm not in the relationship that I want to be in. And, and, and if that's you, I'd love for you to come down the front. Because... Because we're going to ask God to baptise us with fire. Jesus came to baptise in fire. He said, John the Baptist says, one after me will come and he's going to baptise you in fire. And when people are baptised in fire, this is what happens. God's fire comes and burns away the chaff. The chaff is the unproductive part of the, the wheat plant. It's useless. Once it's, once it's served its purpose, it's been cut down, it's useless. There's stuff in your life that is useless, that is taking up space where God needs to be. God needs every aspect of your life. He wants every part of you. And how good would a relationship be with my wife if I held back stuff and said, oh no, I, I just want a little bit of independence. What ha what's right in the natural is right with God in many instances and that's the case. We've got to give him everything so he can, he can change everything. He wants to bring purity. He wants to bring holiness. He wants to bring fruitfulness in your life. Did you get what, what the father does? He goes, oh my goodness, this one over here is fruitful. I'm going to prune them. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to give them some, something that's going to cause them to grow even more. God is for you. He wants you to, to know him, not just know about him, know him and know him intimately. If that's you, just come down the front and we're just going to pray for that baptism of fire. God's going to burn away that stuff in faith. That, that thing that, that God would take away the desires that are unhealthy for him.
what I see is when people get this, they walk in purity, they walk in power, and there's one other P that I forget. But they walk in purity and they walk in power. So incredible. God wants to refine you. You come out the front, we're going to pray for you, believe that God's going to do amazing things. And at the same time, I want to pray for the sick because signs, wonders and miracles follow those who believe. I've seen people come out of wheelchairs, blind people um, see, deaf people hear, mute people speak, lame walk. A woman up in Upper Coomera in a, in a Woolworths supermarket saw her and I was a bit intimidated just because she was in a wheelchair but God said go and pray for her, prayed for her and uh, she got feeling in her legs and, um, and then she could move her leg and I just went oh my goodness and she just said oh look I'm, I'm too fearful to try it here and I went I was almost relieved <laughs> I was almost relieved. <laughs> um, but I said, can I pray some more? I prayed some more. And she said, I'm going to try and walk. And I said, if you try and walk, can I record it? And so I recorded it. It's super cool. I'll show you anyone that wants to see it. But I, I, I say, these, say these things not to boast, but just to say that, that God still heals today. He wants to bring healing and restoration to people. So you come. For any reason, you, 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 your, your relationship with Christ isn't what it should be, then you could, you come. Joel, can I just quickly share the gospel? Yeah. For anyone who doesn't have a relationship with God, and what I've spoken to you today begins to make sense, you've been drawn, drawn in. I want to tell you great news that Jesus Christ came to this earth for you. He loved you so much that he sent his son to die on a cross for you that you could spend eternity with him. He died so that dividing wall of hostility between us and God could be broken down so that we could come to know God. He did that for you. If you were the only person on this planet, he would have died for you. And if you were the only person on the planet, it would have been your sin and your sin alone that put him there. It's so important to understand that God is a righteous God. And we've all sinned. We've all fallen short of his glorious sin, uh, of his glorious standard. And we need a saviour to come and save us from the punishment of our sin so that we could come to know God. Is there someone here today that would like to begin that journey? You know that you're not living for God. You know that you don't have a relationship with God. And you would like that. You would like God to forgive you of your sin. If you, is there anyone here? Put your hand up nice and tall. 
Awesome. Awesome. Excellent. Those three brave people, I'm just going to ask you to do something super brave and to come down the front. Awesome. The other person, if you can come. Thank you. These guys might be, you know, come here a lot. I don't know. But I, I know this, that when we humble ourselves before man, God can do something amazing in our life, right? And so I'm just going to pray a prayer. and Maybe as a church we could pray that prayer together. You see, what, what you're praying is you, you're, you're, you're deciding in your heart that you're doing business with God and that you, you want to you wanna know God. And so in order to know God, we, the Bible says that we must repent, which means stop doing life our own way and we've got to go his way. It's like a 180 degrees. Hey, I, I'm done with doing life my own way. I want to go your way. Do you understand? It's, it's not easy. It's turning your back on the way the world does life and it's, and it's doing it his way. This isn't just like a belief system. This is I give my life wholly to a holy God. I give him everything. And I leave everything else behind to follow him. I've found that if you don't do Christianity that way, people don't last the distance. It's all in. It's a decision to go all in. It's a decision that he is your all. And from this point on, I'm all in. So that that's just a brief explanation of what we're going to do. We're just going to pray a prayer but this prayer doesn't get us into heaven it's not like a, a magical prayer that you, one day you're just going to wake up in heaven this is a, a decision to follow Jesus and if you have an active faith right to the very end of your life then praise God you get welcomed in to the kingdom of God this isn't just a just a magical prayer but it, it's the prayer that starts the most amazing relationship with God where he can, he can he'll, he'll put his spirit within you and you'll be born again. So would you repeat these words after me? Dear Heavenly Father, I'm so sorry that I've lived life my own way. But today, I want to go your way. I'm so grateful that you sent your son Jesus to die on a cross for me to take the punishment of my sin would you come into my life would you make your home in my heart in Jesus name Amen I'm going to turn it over to the worship team I've gone too long but um, you, if you need prayer for any reason you come forward, we're going to believe that God is just going to do something powerful here today. Like he's going to do something powerful for these guys. If there's, if there's, you've got a prayer team that come and assist, we're going to pray for you guys. We're going to believe that, you know, how God just poured out his spirit into me. He's going to pour that into your heart. You're not just going to be touched by God. You're going to know him. Amen. We hope you were encouraged by today's message. 
If you would like to know more about our church, please go to celebrationchurch.com.au.